fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Contact. I'm Ron Luce. We are unfortunately talking about a gong show of a Cubs game, uh, but nonetheless, we have plenty to discuss on this newest episode of Cubs on Tap. But before we get started, Joe, buddy, how are you? I'm I? I'm okay. I'm going to keep wearing this hat whenever I, whenever I remember. Uh, just remind yourself, positive vibes only. Like, there's believe it or not, there's some good things to talk about today. It's not even in a midst of a 12, 12 game losing streak. There's some good stuff, some exciting stuff like the Cubs being named to the Field of Dreams game for next year. That's pretty cool. So cool. yeah, it's yeah, all that. It won't be all doom and gloom today, but still, could be better. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree with you. And for that, we will quickly go ahead and crack them a little bushlight apple. Tis the season. <laughs> When we start getting to that stuff. But nonetheless, like you said, it is not all doom and gloom. Um, there is a lot of good stuff to talk about. And actually, even in tonight's game, uh, there is something worth talking about. And that is certainly, um, well, the legend of Frank Schwindel continues. And I'm going to joke. I, let me tell you, Joe, I have taken that to the extreme of saying I picked him up in fantasy because I needed a first baseman. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Oh, Anthony yeah. Rizzo's on the IL. He's my normal first baseman. So I'm like, hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Frank's hot. Let's see what happens. And he, he doesn't disappoint me tonight. Uh, two for five for him. But the real story of tonight's game and where the spotlight was in this one is Justin Steele making his second start. He is unfortunately not 0-2 as a starter. Uh, but that's not what we're looking at because wins and losses can't always judge a pitcher. Uh, but four innings tonight from him, five hits, two runs, both earned, uh, three walks, 5K. So the K number up, but unfortunately the walk number also up. Uh, he now has a 322 ERA at the major league level this season. So, Joe, I want to get your initial thoughts tonight on just what you thought about Justin Steele's outing in Cincinnati. So – all in all, it's not so bad. You, I'm sure we all expected the same thing, that his strikeouts would jump up from one. So, I mean, he struck out two in the first inning. A couple really balls got Castellanos and uh, his face, one of them. But he, in the first three innings, got himself into three jams and was able to weasel his way out, which is nice to see. You would prefer not to have those three jams, especially in – back-to-back-to-back innings, but to be able to get out of three in a row is pretty solid. And it was done with, you know, he kept his poise. He, uh, you know, I think there was Castellanos said that little infield single where Schwindel made a bad throw over to Steele covering first base, and then Votto hits one off the second base bag. So he got first and third, nobody out. He goes strikeout, strikeout, pop out. Like, okay. Ball, probably a little pissed off. He's got like a little bit of a country like anchor to him, like a very healthy amount. And you just see him <laughs> give the damn ball, and you're just seeing 96, 96, 96. You're like, ooh, that's nice. And yeah. a couple nice PFPs. He had that uh, safety squeeze ball right back up to the mound. Glove flips it to Chirinos, gets the guy out of home. So you you could see like he's he's not scared out there. There's obviously some things he needs to work on, but. Mm-hmm. He's he was into some trouble, which is going to happen. Even the greatest pitchers of all time get into some trouble, but as long as you're consistently able to get out of him, like he was, pretty good. So pretty positive, and mm-hmm. you know so you saw the pitch count climb pretty quickly. So didn't really expect him to go more than you know you would hope for five, but four was seemed. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love what you bring up about like the anger that he gets. And he almost like, oh, yeah. again, this kind of helps push the narrative that we discussed this season where we said, you know, 
Steele continually proves that he thrives almost in those pressure situations. But that's that's a good thing to have, I think, for a pitcher. And and obviously for him, you know, kind of channeling that pressure sometimes helps a lot of people. And it seemed to help steal the night. Like you said, every time he gets guys on, you know, struggled maybe a little bit, a little bit of adrenaline maybe for him again tonight. You know, first first start away from home, so it's not in the friendly confines. And he goes out there and, and does some good stuff and gets a lot done on the mound. Now you mentioned the strikeout number being raised, like we'd like to see, uh, but nonetheless, just good stuff from him. And I love that, like that anger that he has. It's almost Max Scherzer esque mm-hmm. in a little bit of a way of like, you know, he's I, like, I hope he's up there cussing people on the mound. Like if, if we ever get just a, a catch of the little, like him dropping MF or something, I'm going to be like, yes. Um, but it's, uh, it's awesome to see it really is. Mm-hmm. You say Scherzer, you know, I think that's the prime example of it. For for some reason, what came to my mind was John Lackey and John, but John Lackey, you know, that's at some point, at some point, you're kind of like, all right, John, like let's move on yeah. because he wasn't always pitching crazy well with the Cubs. But that's what came to my mind. No, that's 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 a really good one too. The John Lackey one uh, is definitely something that I enjoy. Uh, we got Cody jumping in the comments here. Wish the Cubs offense could just score from early to relieve some of the pressure. Absolutely agree. Literally what I thought as soon as that Joe, you and I were actually swapping right. messages. I was like, now let's hope the offense actually shows up for him and, and mm-hmm. does something here. And unfortunately he never really got that in tonight's game. All five of the Cubs runs coming in the eighth inning when, I mean, let's just be completely honest. It didn't really matter. So uh, that was that narrative for the night. But I think the thing I I really liked about Steele tonight, Joe, and and I want to get your thought quickly on it, is it almost felt like he he found a different mix that worked better for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he really didn't make a lot of mistakes. I mean, really, the only mistake mistake he made was the the two-run home run to Jonathan India. Other than that, like, sure, he got himself into a little bit of trouble, but he was pumping 97 with the fastball. You know, he's the slider was really working for him tonight, mixing in the curve when he could. He was throwing high sliders for strikes. Like, it seemed like this was almost maybe more aggressive than his, mm-hmm. you know, kind of his pitch mix that he was going with against Milwaukee. Right. And I'll be honest with you, sure, it's maybe a little more wild, but I almost enjoy that kind of aggressive approach that he had tonight. Right. It, it, it's not crazy to think or crazy to enjoy, especially since we just don't have that in the rotation right now. Yeah. We have a lot of guys trying to induce weak contact, which is awesome. Love that. But it, it is nice to, to see somebody go out there with some fuck you stuff and just mm-hmm. challenge, challenge, challenge. But I mean, you compare this start to his first start, he got outs in completely different ways in his first start compared to this one. His first start, he got nine ground balls. Like that's, that, that's awesome, but he only had that one strikeout. And in a day where the strikeout is pretty important, especially if you're going to get yourself in jams, mm-hmm. you need that. And today he got that, and it got him out of some jams. Because in a certain situation, especially guy in third base, nobody out, one out, ground ball scores a run, which isn't always the, the worst thing. But with mm-hmm. the Cubs offense like it is at the moment, you need the strikeout. And he had it today. Yeah, he did, and and he looked really, really good. So once again, uh, something you'll love to see from Justin Steele today. And before we completely move on from Justin Steele, uh, I have to thank the one and only Joe Maris here for bringing <laughs> this to my attention. Really funny that his hometown, Loosedale, Mississippi, has the same spelling as my last name. So just funny. I thought it was worth sharing. Thank you, Joe, for sharing that information because I thought it was worth sharing as well. So from tonight's game, um, 
Again, not a ton really happened. Obviously, the offense was pretty dormant until late in the game. Sure, we had Schwindel hitting a double early. That was about the only piece of existence this Cubs offense had until that eighth inning. Uh, but nonetheless, Joe, you brought this point up on Twitter tonight, and I think it's completely worth mentioning and discussing. And you said, if Ian Happ put up similar numbers to what Eugenio Suarez is currently doing this season, and you said, I believe it's what, one, 179 one, batting average and like 23, 23. home runs? yep. Okay, so if Ian Happ was having that type of season, same average, same home runs, would you want it and be okay with it, or would you still want to fire him into the sun? And, Joe, I will let you go first because this was your question. What are your thoughts on your question? I would like to know your side of the story. I mean, part of it is general curiosity. I mean, it, it's not a great season, you know, but at least I mean, Hap is hitting a little bit higher than 179, it, barely, but he also only has, I don't know, eight, nine home runs. It's nothing crazy. And the thing with Suarez is this isn't his first time hitting under 200 or are struggling to get to 200, but that power is always there. And it feels like, especially against the Cubs, it pops up in the worst times. So it's part of like, it's part of what's going on with Ian Happens. There's just, there's just no positives right now. And is 23 home runs going to make you feel a little bit better. He's like, okay, that power is there. Is he going to figure out the rest? But so I, I would think he would be feeling, you would not be feeling great. But you would be, you would you would have some optimism because there's something there. Twenty three home runs, mm-hmm. you could end the you know one sixty games at twenty three home runs with Ian Happ, and you'd be like, okay, let's work on that. Yeah. But you know, with what he's doing right now, you know, there'd probably still be a million people that want to fire him into the sun, like you said. But <laughs> at least there would be some cause for optimism. And right now, I just don't think there is. So. I think if he had the same season as Eugenio Suarez, who seems to just be beloved, <laughs> and he, 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 I'm feared, I'm scared of every time he comes to the plate. Yeah, and when you know happens up, I'm not. So maybe right. it, it would change your opinion. Maybe part of it's just the name, but I don't know. I think you you would you would have some more optimism if he was able to to put those numbers up. Yeah, I think even I think there would be a ton of optimism even for those that want to fire him in the sun if he was doing like 223 home runs and that being Ian Happ. I think people would be a lot, you know, more comfortable with that. Uh to your point, he actually has the same average, 179 as of okay. today, but only 12 home runs as you mentioned. So, half the power in his age 27 season and I know that there's something that and I don't want to. I don't want to totally open this can of worms because I want to answer your question because I think it's a great question. Um, there's a lot of people that think he should maybe exclusively bat lefty, and we can discuss that another day. Mm-hmm. But something to consider is maybe a career-saving move for a guy like Ian Happ, who truthfully is just brutal from the right side of mm-hmm. the plate. Anyway, I mean to bring um, that up, I mean, let's bring that up because the, the Cubs are playing the Reds, and Tucker Barnhart just did that. Recent, mm-hmm. I think last season. So, yep. I mean, he's not having the greatest success, but hey, he hit a home run tonight, man. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> and he, had to, he, had a, he hit a double off a of steal, lefty on lefty. So, I mean, you, you would wonder, you know, that's just, you, I, you would think, when's the last time Ian Happ faced a lefty as a lefty? It's probably never. So, I don't know. I remember thinking that, especially when he, Cedric Mullins just did the same thing and he was an all star. So, you're True. like, you know, it's, it's, it's out there. But yeah. you look go go look at Ian Happ's numbers after this hitting righty. For some reason, 
they're just not that like they're like just lefty and it makes no like optically it's just like no no yeah, way optically it makes no sense right so i, I think that's going to be like maybe a last ditch effort if he's not able to figure it out but that also is an off-season move so we'll see yeah and i, I don't know it's just something interesting to consider again for a guy who a lot of people are calling for him to potentially be non-qualified and just walk what they like they, what they did with Schwarber. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be something certainly, you know, worth uh, exploring and keeping an eye on. But uh, before we totally kind of talk about other things that aren't this game, um, Cody would like to also fire Dan Winkler into the sun uh, by the end of Do the year. Now. And then Cody followed that up talking about half that he would still fire him into the sun with Winkler. Winkler was like, he, he, for, you know, while the Cubs were still in first place, he, he was like having like a one ERA. And you're like, how is this happening? Just lucky every time we went out in the mound and boy, is he awful. He's bad. Absolutely awful. He's bad. Like why, like why is he still on the team? And you know, there's, I'm sure there's gotta be somebody down there. He's a, he's a warm body, baby. He's a warm body. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it unfortunately has to do with like, the whole options and options left and things like that, because I think mm-hmm. they like a lot of the guys they have at AAA from like an organizational depth standpoint. This is maybe my little tinfoil hat take of the night, but like, I think they like what they have, but they don't want to just waste options on these guys to where they have to like add them to the 40 man or something right. like that. So maybe it's totally like a, Hey, he's a warm body that we already had here. Let's just deal with it. And then at least when September comes along, I believe they're still doing September call-ups. No, yeah. I believe. Okay. So 40 man roster expansion. Now, all of a sudden, maybe some of those guys that you didn't have to waste an option on can come up for a little while and you see what you have in them in September. And I really think that's, what's going to end up happening. So that's something I keep uh, in the back of my head as well. But Joe, I would say, let's go ahead and move on from tonight's game. It was brutal, uh, yep. but there are things to discuss before we go ahead and move forward. Uh, to tomorrow's game and that uh, you mentioned one of them the Cubs being in the field the dreams game I think that's exciting Um, you know again this Cubs team are they World Series competitive next year probably not but you hope they're fun to watch right you hope that you know some of these kids are starting to knock on the door of the major leagues and come up to the next level perhaps they come up and do really well perhaps a Brennan Davis comes up early and does very well perhaps Mm -hmm. um you know, somebody else that they're really high on comes up quickly and does well. Perhaps a Jordan Wicks, who, you know, again, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the draft class already starting to take some action. But, you you know, we haven't seen Wicks throw yet this year. So you start to wonder, would they be willing to maybe let him have a shot, almost like they did with Garrett Crochet on the south side, where really quick out the gate, hey, do you want to come immediately in and pitch for us? We'll see where that goes. Obviously, we I think we're seeing the experiment on the south side where it can kind of mess with the dude's psyche a little bit. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, like it, there there's a lot to to consider there with the whole you know the AAA thing and the non AAA thing and whatever. But nonetheless, um, yeah, man. I mean, do you have any other final, 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 final thoughts on this game? Because I would like to talk about the field of dreams. Yeah, just in that eighth inning, they scored five runs. All those hits came with two outs. Bases, the Cubs had bases loaded, nobody out. And Wisdom and Bodie both struck out. And so, you know, at that point, you're just like, all right, here we go again. But Torino got, kept the line moving, base hit, Hayward double, and then half double. So, that you know, that's nice to see. Two out hits, are, that, that's just nice to see. Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air when mm-hmm. the Cubs offense has been non-existent. I completely agree. So, Joe. 
you tell me your thoughts about the Field of Dreams game because uh, where I was going with that before I went down the whoo rabbit hole was, you know, you don't expect this team to necessarily be competitive next year for that division, you know, for that World Series title, mm-hmm. but perhaps that division title. So they should still be fun to watch. Right. And without, again, going down the list of names, you know, that should bring some excitement. And the, the Reds could potentially still be good. And I say potentially because a lot of that, I think, hinges on whether Castellanos opts out or not. I think he does because he's coming back to the Cubs. So, it, but it still should be a pretty competitive game because both of these teams will be about equivalent or at least should be mm-hmm. talent level at that point. So, what are your thoughts? And do you think, I'm going to throw a little cryptic take on this, do you think it is like most sequels to great movies and it's going to suck because it's not going to live up to the hype of what happened as the first game with the walk-off and things like that. What say you? It's hard to follow that game. That game was absolutely incredible. I I had my my butt glued to the couch the entire game. Didn't move. Just enjoyed the crap out of it. So mm-hmm. repeating that game is going to be impossible. So that that expectation has to get thrown out the window, but the Cubs will draw a lot of fans. I mean, they're going to sell out. It's only 8,000. Oh, you yeah. have to cross your fingers that tickets are a little cheaper. but I don't think they will be. No, I don't think so either. But I don't think it's not, it's not going to do 5.9 million viewers like the White Sox and Yankees just did. But it's going to be exciting. I, I, I am curious to see how all of that goes next year because I don't know how much. Like they aren't, I don't see Kevin Costner showing up again. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's just his annual, you know, it's an annual trip, but it's not going to be as nostalgic. I think the second time around, but it'll definitely be cool. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Like my expectations are low in terms of like the excitement surrounding the game, but it's still going to be cool. Like what mm-hmm. I still love to go apps are freaking loot. Oh like, yeah. Like if the, if the on tap Cubs on tap crew can be in attendance for that game, you better believe we absolutely will be. Cause yeah. it'll still Open be up an that awesome pocket look. Open up that top of book, Tony Ricketts. Tony Ricketts. <laughs> For those that don't know, um, on tap sports owner Tony Marchese is the one that is being referenced there. So we'll we'll knock on his door. The owner and he door, was, and, and he was just at the the Field of Dreams game. He was he was yeah. there. At, you know him and um, him and Steve for our White Sox coverage, our Sox on tap guys uh, that we reference in every show. Uh, they were at the game, but yeah, man. I mean, it'll it'll still be cool. It'll still be oh, fun. Yeah. Like, like you said, it, will it still get the same draw, like nationally and all that? Probably not, but it'll still be a fun event. Cubs fans that do make the pilgrimage to Iowa are going to have a great time doing it. Obviously, for I feel like for the Cubs, it's still significant because Iowa is such a historic state for the Cubs franchise. Um, right. For those that don't know, entering 2021, I think the Cubs have like the fourth longest existing partnership with a minor league team, and it's with the Iowa Cubs. So Iowa has a very strong presence with the Cubs. Yes, there's a very strong White Sox presence within Iowa as well. It's a very mixed state, just kind of like what Illinois is, except mm-hmm. I don't think they like the Cardinals nearly as much as some Southern Illinoisans do. Yeah, But like, it should still be awesome for Cubs fans, especially those that live in Iowa and grew up. Like, I had AAA you know, Iowa Cubs tickets for the longest time, and so all these guys come up and then do great in the big leagues. Like, you know, what I mean, like for them, that would be nostalgic as hell to see your favorite team come home to your home state and play. Yeah, definitely. So it's still going to be awesome. I agree with you, man. Like, I think all Cubs fans are still going to enjoy the hell out of it. Um, but it will be cool to kind of see what happens with that because, 
you know, some next year's team will display some of the future. And speaking of future, uh, you and I were talking a little bit before the start of the show. Some of the Cubs 2021 draft picks are starting to rear their heads within different parts of the minor league system. Um, second round pick James Triantos. Uh, he was spotted in uh, fall league ball or not fall league ball, excuse me, rookie league ball, but down in Arizona um, working with the, the Cubs staff down there. And then at high a South Bend, we saw fifth round pick shortstop Liam Spence um, getting some game action with the South Bend Cubs who are going to be on marquee. That was also big news. Yeah. today. Yeah. Um, them and the Iowa Cubs, I believe are each on three times. Myrtle beach is on twice. And um, Tennessee's on four times for the remainder of the season. Obviously, Myrtle Beach, I think, has had more games than anybody else, so that could be part of it, too. You know, AAA Iowa's had quite a few, but I think they really want to showcase Tennessee because Brennan Davis is in Tennessee. So, oh, yeah. Um, but that's news for the rest of the season, or at least the rest of the minor league season. Uh, Marquee Sports Network will be showing numerous um, minor league Cubs games over the course of the season, starting this uh, Thursday when the Cubs are off, actually. Um and I believe it's with Double A Tennessee. I could totally be wrong. Or no, it's the South Bend Cubs. Excuse me, it is the South Bend Cubs um, that they will be seeing. So, sir, I mean, what? Because something that you and I were talking about was like, you know, where is Jordan Wicks? Mm-hmm. Would we see him twenty twenty two? And I want to get your takes on not only the two guys that are working out, and I'm sure we'll start to see other names pop up over the next couple of days. But where would you like to see Wicks, you know, be for this season? And then what are your expectations for him entering 2022? So, I mean, part of it is he just came off a long college season, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he was Kansas State's ace. So he probably got a big bulk of innings. Mm-hmm. So they're probably trying to to monitor his pitch count, all that good stuff. So I, I if he hasn't pitched yet, I don't maybe see it happening. And rookie ball, because, I mean, rookie ball doesn't last super long. So does the minor league season. So maybe you'll see him in the Arizona Fall League. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm Maybe there's some comments out there from the front office on what they're doing. But it, if they do, if he doesn't play at all this year before spring training, I mean, what do they do? Like, how do they know? Like, how do they know where to put him? All that kind of stuff. So, because, right. I mean, even if they, I mean, I don't foresee him just being in big league training or spring training. So, he would probably do minor league spring training, which happens later, if I'm not wrong, right? It, it does. Uh, I believe it begins in in April, I think, is when it starts. And so, then they start their minor league season at the start of May. So uh, all of that just really doesn't add up much because you want to know what you have. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's still young, but you want to know what you have. So likely you'll probably see him in some sort of fall league. Which yeah, I don't even know if there's any other fall league than the Arizona fall league, but. Yeah, I, I think it's just Arizona. And yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I kind of started hinting at this with my little tangent I went on about Garrett Crochet and how the White Sox are treating him because he is a college mm-hmm. arm left hander, just like Wicks is. And I mean, unfortunately, like you said, for Wicks, he's not coming into the same situation as Crochet was because Crochet was pseudo major league ready. And the White Sox were competitive. So, of course, they're going to tap into that asset because they could use him right now. The Cubs, I think, are entirely expecting 2022 to be like, hey, we're kind of fun and kind of competitive into the division, but we're not winning anything. So if they don't need to rush Wicks, I don't think they're going to. No. So that's why I really am curious to see what they do this season because I think if they really, really wanted him in the 2022 starting rotation – 
you would see him already in like high A ball. He'd probably be down in South Bend. Right. You know, or even in Myrtle Beach, maybe in low A. And if he crushes in two starts, then you give him a couple of a, a ball, you know, high A ball starts. Um, or maybe it's high A ball right away. And if he kills it at high A ball, you let him go to double A and see what he's got the rest of the season. Because if there's any hope and desire of him being on your opening day roster in 2022 as a starter, or even as a guy out of the bullpen as in a high leverage situation, like I would expect him to be throwing more than just fall league. Now, mm-hmm. if he just throws fall league this year, I think they give him an, a little bit of a look in big league training of like spring training of like, hmm, okay, what do you have? And if they feel at all he's not ready, he's he's a hundred percent going to the minors. But then, like you said, that brings up another great question: Where does he end up in the minors? You know, do you start him at a, a high A ball and you let him be nice and close to Chicago and you really keep an eye on him because he kills it really quick? You know, we hey, let's get him up to Double A Tennessee. That's why I mentioned about this season if he gets some time at Double A Tennessee. Because if that's the case, you could just send him straight to Double A Tennessee to start the year next year, and mm-hmm. if he absolutely kills it. And, you know, maybe gets a couple of AAA starts, looks, still looks really good. He's on the big league roster halfway through the season next year. So there, there is a lot of things to, to kind of keep an eye on, really, with him. Because, again, Spence has pop, popped up. Now Triantos has popped up. Triantos is obviously much farther away than a guy like Spence is. So I'm intrigued now over the next couple of days to see where hopefully Wicks ends up and hopefully some of these other kids that they drafted end up as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. they have quite a few college guys um, that signed pretty quickly that we should probably start seeing pop up somewhere in the system over the next you know, yeah. two, three, four days. I think part of the thing, you know, with just drafting Wicks, Wicks in general is he should be ready sooner. He's absolutely he's a college pitcher, and he already showed it advanced maturity on off-speed pitches, especially the changeup. So stuff like that works for the majors. You know, it, it – so he, it wouldn't be shocking to see him fly through the system, but the, the comparison to Crochet, I think Crochet was always destined to be a reliever, and I think he was in college as well. It just you know, bit, yeah. it, it was a perfect storm of things where you know the sixty game season, alternate site, hey, let's try it out, and then he just got pushed into the fire, and I think it worked, you know. But it's a pretty rare case, and I don't think the Cubs are willing to do what they did with Steele and Thompson this year where, Hey, we're competing. It started with, you know, them pink being competitive. So there is really no reason to rush him to the big leagues to be a bullpen pitcher. If that's not the plan. Yep. I absolutely agree with you. Um, And that's why I think really, you know, if he pushes the envelope himself Mm -hmm. and we see him a little bit later in 2022, cool. If not, I fully expect him as a guy that they are, thinking about like opening day 2023 uh, as being a major part of this team in some capacity and assuming again, he pans out and things like that. Cause again, nothing's a guarantee, but you get where I'm coming from with that. So mm-hmm. Joe quickly um, also worth mentioning, you brought this up. Thank you um, earlier as well. Bringing this up. Keegan Thompson, all eyes are on Keegan Thompson, little foreshadowing. I got a piece coming out in the morning. Um, you know, he's going to be up here soon. And mm-hmm. he was really good over the weekend on Sunday's start um, for AAA Iowa, where they were one hit away, which they lost in the ninth inning from uh, a no hitter. Only two walks, too, so still immaculate nonetheless. Uh, but Keegan started that game, went four and a third. Uh, obviously, he did not give up any walks, struck out seven, and no hits as well. So he looked really, 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 really good. 
got to about 65 or 61 pitches, excuse me. Um, and Taylor McGregor actually mentioned on the broadcast tonight about they want to see him at about 75 pitches before he gets the call up. I think that comes the next start. And so that's what I would like to hear from you. He was also named uh, AAA Player of the Week yeah. because his last two starts, eight and a third scoreless innings, I believe he's only given up a, a handful of hits. It might be like one or two. Yeah. I think it's one hit, actually. I think it's one hit, uh, and he's got like nine Ks. So he's been really, really good um, this past week now for the AAA Iowa Cubs. So, Joe, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, when do you think we see Keegan Thompson? And are you just as excited about him as we all were about Justin Steele coming up to, to make regular starts with the big club? Oh, I'm very excited. Just like today, yeah, I saw Justin Steele ready to pitch, and I'm like, okay. I know exactly what I'm doing later. You know, I haven't been chomping at the bit to to watch every single Cubs game lately, but seeing Justin Steele slotted a pitch, that gets me there. So same thing with Keegan Thompson. When he's up, it's going to be appointment television for, you know, three, four starts, whatever he's able to make. Uh, but I think you hit it right on the head, 75 pitches. You can't – it's just not worth it to bring him up to throw 50, 60 pitches. But the difference between 61 and 75 – in terms of like arm strain probably isn't that different. They just want to see it. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you just want to, you don't want to be that first time for it to be in the big leagues. So I, I think you're right. One more start. If he can get to 75 and look comfortable, you know, of course they could throw him out there for 75. Yeah. So, you know, he's got to look comfortable and he's got to be able to command it, which I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. Four and a third, 61 pitches and seven K's in the walks. Just check, 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 check. So I, I think that's it. I mean, I think for my general rule, I, I like to see, you know, average 15 pitches an inning. That's, and that would be, you know, that's, that's on me. If you're cruising average 15 pitches an inning, mm-hmm. that's exactly what he did. Four and a third, 61 pitches. And yeah. you would assume if they pulled him with no, he hadn't given up a base runner in four and a third, it was strictly like, all right, 61 pitches. That is absolutely it. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, you, you nailed it on the head, man. I agree with everything you had to say. All great points, too. I agree with you, especially about the comfortability part. If he gets to 75 and he's still just dialed the hell in and you're just pulling him anyway because, like, they did probably in his last start, mm-hmm. you know he's ready. And he's he's immediately just chilling in Iowa for four days before he knows he's making his way right. to the big club. He'll probably be with the big club. They just won't activate him until, um, you know, it's his day to start kind of what, yeah, what I think they did with Justin back- Steele. Back to what we talk, mentioned earlier with Steele about just kind of that intensity on the mound. You know, for him, I mean, I know uh, Thompson's from the South too, but just that Southern kind of—I don't even remember what was the word I used before. Anger, something, just that Southern just anger, that, right? Like Keegan Thompson's like up there, and he commands that mound, yeah. and that's what I love. You know, that's why I'm so excited for these guys. They came up in pretty tough spots out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And they performed. I mean, they just they just performed like veterans, and they commanded themselves perfectly. So that that's why that's why I'm excited. Whether these guys turn out to be top of the line rotate like rotation arms, you know, that's you know, cross your fingers. But these guys are big league arms. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's bottom line. Absolutely, I mean, we know that whether they slot in, you know, two, three, or four or five, they're. There are big league arms, and that's why I'm excited because you got five spots to fill, and we got two of them right there, at least for next year. Yeah, 100%. And on top of that, 
Um, especially in a season where even when they were still competitive, the starting pitching was a huge concern. It's nice seeing guys that, like you said, have that presence on the mound and are showing promise for the future as guys who can be starters. Even if they are competitive starters on, you know, in the three, four, or five slots on a very good Cubs team, that's still better than nothing if you're developing that type mm-hmm. of talent with guys that are more homegrown, which as we saw in Justin Steele's first start during the broadcast, is not something the Cubs have done much of in their competitive window. I believe there was like a hundred start gap between them and the Boston Red Sox for lowest in the league. And I think the Cubs was literally eight and that was including Justin Steele's start that day. Like the Cubs had no guys they developed organically start for them in like 10 years. So getting guys like Keegan and Steele on the mound who are organically developed by this Cubs uh, organization is, is a breath of fresh air. And it's when you're going to start seeing Dan Cantrips, I think, make his uh, his stamp on the team of why they brought him over so aggressively from the Oakland Athletics, and obviously back in the day when he was with the Cardinals, just like how we got wisdom. So, um, but Joe, before we go ahead and look forward to tomorrow's game, do you have anything else that is on your mind? No, nothing for today. I mean, twelfth loss in a row. I'm ready to move on, just like everybody else. I respect that. I too am ready to move on, and we will move on because. The Cubs and Reds are back at it for game two of this series on Tuesday, August 17th at 6.10 Central Daylight Time once again at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio. The usual suspects in both markets, 6.70 to score, Marquee Sports Network in Chicago, WLW 700 in Valley Sports, Ohio in Cincinnati. The Cubs are trotting out Kyle Hendricks. He's 13-5 and on the season. That win number is pretty despite a terrible season for the Cubs. Uh, he is a 4.15 ERA and 104 k so far this season. And opposing him is right-handed pitcher Vladimir Gutierrez. Uh, he is 8-3 and three on the year. Nice little record for him as well. 395 ERA in only 58 Ks. Um, but he's been pretty good uh, for the Reds and uh, fairly important um, as something that we'll, uh, we'll need to see here. But, Joe, I will go ahead and turn it quickly over to you. Who are you thinking uh, for tomorrow is your fly the W? And just what do you think in general about Kyle Hendricks on the bump tomorrow? Was the Reds take on the Cubs once again? I'm, I'll take Kyle Hendricks. Uh, I think we 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 really need a good start. I mean, flat out, we need a six seven inning start. Keep the team in the game for more than four innings. You know, the offense isn't helping. I get that, but they have been able to push some runs across the board. That's you know at, at certain points in the game. So if there was somebody that's going to keep us in the game, it's Kyle Hendricks. So mm-hmm. I expect a pretty decent start out of him. Yeah, and he's been really good up until that last start. He was really good for a really yep. long stretch. Uh, would absolutely love to see that, too. Um, and I'm right there with you, man. As much as I'd like to pick Kyle, I'm picking that guy that's back there for anybody that's watching. That's Rafael Ortega. He's just going to continue to be my fly the W pick um, until, A, new fresh blood comes up for the minors that I'm excited about, especially when the uh, rosters expand here in, what, two weeks or so? Um or when uh, Justin Steele's on the mound, and he was he was my fly the W pick, um, ultimately for today's game. Even though we didn't talk about it, now that I think about it, on the show yesterday. Um, before we get out of here, Joe, uh, our call the nineteen oh eight. What's up, sir? Uh, we'll give you a quick hello. Uh, said Cubs should use an opener. I actually proposed that at one point in the season. Fun little fact. Uh, and then he also mentions Alcantara hitting a bomb, positive vibes. That would be nice. I would like to see Sergio tap into those extra base hits. Uh, like he was doing early on. So, Joe, any quick final thoughts before we go ahead and wrap up today's show? 
no time better than tomorrow to end that losing streak. Mm. But all I got, he says Kevin, Kevin Alcantara. Oh, that Alcantara. Fair yes, enough. Yes, Touché. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yes, Kevin Alcantara did hit his third bomb, I believe, um, in the Cubs organization tonight. Uh, so that is a good thing. And, uh, yeah, he says prospect vibes. Absolutely, prospect vibes. Um, which, I, should change, I should change that. There you go. A little piece of tape across the top says prospect <laughs> vibes. Um, that would be pretty funny. Well, Joe, uh, I agree with you. No better day than tomorrow to snap this brutal 12-game losing streak. A win would just be nice, especially for Kyle Hendricks. Get him his 14th. Mm-hmm. Keep him up there amongst the league leaders. Uh, so there's something positive that they could Cubs can talk about statistically this season. Mm-hmm. But before we get out of here, Joe, I do want to remind everybody, Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the ONTAP Sports Network. You can go ahead and check out all of our great stuff over at www.ontapsportsnet.com, at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media. Um, and, again, if you want to follow the pod-specific accounts, at Cubbies on Tap, C-U-B-B-I-E-S. Um, we are Twitter and Instagram there. I'm at Loose on Tap. Joe is at Joe Maris. Uh, and follow all of our other great contributors, at Cody on Tap, at Juice on Tap, at Marty Laval at the Riot 326, and so many more that contribute here at ONTAP Sportsnet. Uh, and you can also check out all of our other great coverage, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. All are going to get in uh, full gear here in the next month or so. Um, Bears, obviously, Justin Fields looks phenomenal. Go check out our Bears on Tap guys for that. Go check out Four Feathers. Go check out Bulls on Tap. And, yes, Cubs fans, we've all got one, maybe two, unless you're like me and you live in the south side and you've got almost all Sox friends. Uh, you go ahead and tell them to go check out our friends over at Socks on Tap as well. They do a great job covering the Southsiders. So once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com, at ontapsportsnet on social media, the Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Uh, thank you to everybody that joined. I know a lot of people uh, jumped in pretty quickly late. Thank you guys for joining the chat and providing some comments. We are going to wrap this thing up um, from all of us here at Cubs on Tap. To you guys, have a great night. Uh, and Joe, what do you say, buddy? We get out of here the only way we know how? Let's do it. Let's go Cubs. Let's go Cubs, baby.